Welcome to Lunchtime in Rome. It is uh, a new podcast that myself, Eric, and my friend Jay, and other friend Brian, two of my best friends in this world, are starting. It's all about emotional needs, and uh, we're going to jump right in here and talk about that. But first, let's talk about what we ate this week. What we ate this week. I'll tell you what I just ate. I will tell you that I had some heritage pork that was farm-raised, and it was, one of the grossest words you can say, succulent. It was absolutely outstanding with a cranberry sauce, getting ready for Thanksgiving. Unbelievable meal. Really? You ate this today. (laughs) I didn't. Not at all. I've never had it. I can't afford it. I have no idea what I'm talking about. How much is a heritage pork? Uh, More than I looked at it online from some fancy company that sponsors (laughs) a lot of podcasts. Not ours. Not ours yet. No, no, not yet. (laughs) Uh, and uh, I didn't even understand the pricing format. I had leftover chicken. <laughs> leftover chicken is not bad. Well, it sounds good in theory. I mean, in theory, you know, I've I've been trying to cut carbs, and uh, my uncle John and Pat came over last night, and they brought shelly pie. Shelly pie down from Turtle Creek. Out here in Pittsburgh, Turtle Creek, loaded with carbs. <laughs> it was delicious. So, how many did you count? <laughs> all, I, all of them. I, I counted all the carbs. You were cutting carbs. <laughs> but you made them count. I did cut them, though. Oh, I cut that pizza. That lo- you lose carbs when you cut it. Right. Falls right out. Right. <laughs> Brian, anything good? You went to New Orleans. I was in New Orleans. I had lots of shrimp. Um, lots of spice, obviously, in all the dishes down there. Um, it was wonderful. Great. Did food. not have a beignet. Uh, what? I know. I'm disappointed. Didn't You've seen it. Chef. I've seen Jay the, really hasn't seen, seen Chef. The movie Never Chef. seen Chef. I was on the street corner where he does his beignet thing, but yeah. we, we didn't go because the the girl in the hotel scared me away. She's like, if you go pretty much any time, you're going to be standing in a line. And I said, well, that's not going to work for me. You can't stand in a line. No. No, this is America. We don't, yeah, I'm not gonna stand in lines. For a Even though that's the spot where that's where you should get a beignet, I, I said, oh, I'll take a rain check on that. So, wow. But I had lots of shrimp, lots of... Um, uh, what's the right stuff? Jambalaya. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. So you can't say that you've beignet done that? I oh, have not beignet done gosh. that there. No. So We just yeah. lost tens and tens of listeners. Both tens viewers. And tens. <laughs> I said viewers. Viewers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Obviously pros in this room. That's right. In podcasting. Ah, so many years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we are pros at listening to podcasts. We, we've listened to tons of them, but... Um, but Jay, do you want to get into a little bit who you are? Sure. Well, I mean, the whole thing is why is someone, what are we doing? You said emotional needs. Mm-hmm. We're talking about lunchtime in Rome and people are like, wait, why are you talking about food, emotional needs? What we're doing is we're just sitting down as if we were in Rome and we're sitting down. What do you do when you're in Rome? I don't know. I haven't been there, but I can guess. You sit down and you talk about life. You don't go through the hustle and the bustle of the day. You sit and you celebrate the best of moments, and you commiserate with the worst of moments. And that's what lunchtime in Rome is. Because, in reality, most people go through life feeling alone. And so if we come to this table every day, every time we have this podcast, we come to this table and we're going to celebrate life and we're going to be there for each other and talk about the little moments in life. So that's what we're doing here. Cool. But who am I? Yeah. Who am I? Can I go into and analyze this? (laughs) <laughs> is that above the room below the room who am I that's I a question for the eight it's a great movie what now, happened to Billy Crystal by the way 
uh, he made analyze that. Oh, <laughs> that's not that funny. Yikes. Yeah. Um, but who am I? My name is Jay, and I grew up in a perfect family, five kids, mom and dad, everything was great until my dad did the midlife crisis thing and it fell apart. And boy, did I feel alone at that point in time. I can remember just feeling like, okay, it's just me. And I mucked and I grinded through the rest of my childhood and teenage years. And, you know, and, and I went away to college and I had a, I had a great uh, five-year relationship with my girlfriend. It was six good months. Um, the rest of it was terrible. And the entire time I felt alone again. Hmm. And then I was on Young Life staff reaching out to high school kids who didn't know Christ, who weren't going to church. And we did well and we grew the ministry and we hit our numbers and we were making just inroads into schools we'd never been in before, and I had adults helping, and I was teaching college students and young adults how to do ministry, and I met my girlfriend who became my wife, and everything was great, and yet at times I still felt alone. And then I go on a little further in life, and I get to learn about emotional needs at a place in Texas that I'll talk about, I'm sure, and I realized why I felt alone. And it was unbelievable that I realized, because I always felt like I was okay, but something was missing. Yeah. I, I always thought, I, I want someone to talk to. I, I feel like I don't need counseling, but I could use some counseling. And I never found anything that worked. And when I went to Texas, it made so much sense. Rachel and I got to go there. I was on a sabbatical for Young Life. And I learned about emotional needs. And I learned about being alone. And it made all the sense in the world. And it changed my life dramatically. Second, probably, to coming to know Christ. Which then enabled me to go through, not to get too heavy on the first episode, mm. but having my youngest son, Trey, be diagnosed with cancer and to receive comfort and to be able to exist and not only survive, but stay close to God and be able to minister to my family and to others throughout the whole process. And really through that entire time, never once feeling alone. And so that's who I am. And that's why I'm so passionate about it, because I've seen the greatest of the great. And I've seen the lowest of the low be alone. Yeah. You even mentioned like not being able to receive comfort. I think there's like, there's even a point where, you know, where we are in this, in, in life where we can't even receive comfort. Like we, we, we often push it away because it's like good comfort. It's all like sometimes uncomfortable. It feels uncomfortable well, so in rare. a way. Right. Cause it's so rare. Yeah. And, and I've been blown away by that and, and learn from, from your teaching and stuff, you know, which has been great. So, well, that's who I am. That's who you are. I'm wondering who Brian is. I have no idea. I've been dying to know. I've never heard. <laughs> well, I'm Brian, and I, I've uh, been living in pretty much the same place my entire life. Um, also, come from a really, really good home. Um, grew up. My parents were always you know, going to church and I had to go to church too. And very, very formative times in my life revolved around youth group and church functions. And so I was always seeing a really unique, um, in some ways, a really unique group of people. And I feel like I've always had this sense of community because of that, because of the friends that my parents had and seeing people share meals and share life together but being younger you don't necessarily always put those things together at that age mm -hmm. 
but it was very nice to have that foundation. And because as I went through life, as I, as I grew up in my early teens and, um, mid teens, I went through some things in school. Um, at, at, at that point, it's like, that's your world. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple moments, sixth grade and, and ninth grade where I had a, you know, good little clique of friends, good little group of friends that one day just completely turned on me for no reason. Like, and, and it hurt, it hurt bad because I, I never did anything to anybody. I wasn't like a jerk, you know, it was, it was just like, I'm just this happy go lucky kid that found a, a fun group of friends that I can laugh with and learn to play hockey with. And next thing I know in ninth grade, I'm getting pizzas delivered to my door and prank calls constantly Mm. for no reason I have mm. no idea why it was just this group of people that's what they thought would be fun to do so that those in, in sixth grade was a similar kind of a thing so those were very defining moments for me and I went on to um, be somewhat alone in ninth grade when I, I had a, a friend a, a guy who became one of my best friends come up to me and he was uh, he liked me for who I was invited me out to parties started meeting other people he was one of the cool kids and I was like, "What's why is this happening to me?" And um, out of that, I, I developed this inability to say no because I felt like I needed to be accepted. And so, if I said no, if I didn't want to do this, I would I would find myself being excluded, and that was like the worst thing in the world for me. So that, those were like very very defining thing moments for me in my life. And as I went on, um, you know, I just I completely went off the rails just in the party scene and we'll get into, I'm sure a lot of this down the line, Mm -hmm. but it all came around after I kind of moved out, kind of was kicked out of my house. More talking. I was about 21, 20 at this point in time. I was left my house and um, really for the first time was alone. Like Mm -hmm. I had a roommate I was, but I was not living with my parents and um, it, it just really hit me how alone I was. And it was at that point when there's no other way to say it. God just started to kind of whisper to me and, and feel that just crushing loneliness that I had. Because what I'd been doing up to that point, it just, it stopped working. It like lost its taste, you mm-hmm. know, for lack of a better term. And so I was just in this place where I am alone. I don't know what to do with this. And God was just very, very gently saying, here, why don't you come this way? And out of the course of that, um, listening to that and moving kind of in the direction that I felt I was being led, I he introduced me to my wife. He introduced kids into my life, um, you know, and so that's kind of where I am today. With just I have I have unbelievable friends like you guys. This this network of friends. I'm just constantly looking around, going, I can't believe how much I've been given. But I still I still struggle even with all of this. And I'm I'm an extrovert. You know, I love people. I love talking to people. But I, I still somewhat struggle from time to time with this feeling of I, I need to be creating something. I need to be doing something because otherwise, like even in my own house, sometimes it's just like there's just there's this there's and I think it's part of the fabric of humanity. You know, we're we, we, we all struggle with that loneliness that that does somebody really care about me right now kind of a thing, you know. So it's, and it's kind of ironic to be surrounded by all of this love, all of this and, and to still struggle with that in, in a way. So, but you know, that's where I am now. And, and again, I think it's going to be cool to go on this journey of why do I still feel, why do you feel the way that you feel Jay? And you know, so I'm really excited about going down this road. So 
Yeah. I think it's important that we realize we're not alone in feeling alone. Right. Yeah. And I think that's why this is so important because mm-hmm. so many people go through life and they put on the happy face. Yep. You know, I tell, I coach volleyball and I tell my girls every year, I said, beware the girl that laughs and smiles all day because she cries herself to sleep every night. Yeah. Um, Brian, sorry if I ask you just a, just a little quick question. I had something I wanted to ask you, but here's a better question. Absolutely. You said you're an extrovert. Yeah. Can you name five people in our church? <laughs> I could. I could now. If we had a matching test with their faces. I could probably do something with that. But in all seriousness, you, know, you mentioned two significant times where you were alone. Mm-hmm. And I think it's amazing the different choices you made mm-hmm. because you felt horrifically alone mm-hmm. when those, and I don't know if we're allowed to swear on this podcast or not, but those little kids who made bad choices and treated you so terribly left you feeling alone. Mm-hmm. And so then you went the wrong way, mm-hmm. which then brought you to another moment of feeling alone mm-hmm. when God brought you back. Yeah. And so the first one breaks my heart. And the second one breaks my heart, yet there's a tinge of happiness mm-hmm. because I see I see what happens good from there. Sure. So, my question is, though, who's Eric? Who's Eric? Mm. It's a good question. Who is Eric? Um, yeah, so I grew up in Penn Hills, suburb of Pittsburgh, just like you guys, um, which I find really fascinating um, because we all grew up in the same area. I, I knew Jay back like when I was in junior high but not real well I went to Young Life like maybe a couple times but I was more involved with my the youth group at my church um, but I didn't meet Brian until um, we worked together um, it's been six seven years now 2011 2011 so. seven years yeah um, but grew up in grew up in a great family I mean you know um, my my mom you know she's a great mom um, you know, I think all, all, all parents, I think we're going to talk about this as we go on, like all parents fail, um, and, and do their, do their own things. But, um, I have, I have a great dad, but one of the things that impacted me greatly was, I, I believe it were, uh, was around when I was in fourth grade where my dad, they had to make a decision, um, in order to keep things afloat financially. And my dad had to move away and, and and work out of town. Um, so he would be gone during the, the weeks and, and then come home on the weekends. So he was home, um, for all the big stuff. Like he was all, he was always home for the band concerts and graduation and things like that. But it was all those little life moments that he wasn't there for. So I felt alone in that, um, growing up. And, um, I also felt alone cause I have a, a a problem with with eating and I've, I've historically been overweight I've actually had gastric bypass because at one point I weighed 410 pounds and um, and when you're that big you feel alone even in a room full of people you know yeah and um, so I've struggled with that and I still struggle with with weight loss we've talked about that um, and I didn't do well in school. Like there were all these things I felt like they, they distracted me and I tried to be a, a people pleaser. Um, and, and I was trying to be that guy going through school and made some poor decisions, you know, just trying to make this person happy, which made this person unhappy. And then, you know, played that game and whatnot. Um, 
and so I struggled with school. I barely graduated high school. I almost flunked out of community college, and but I was always creative. So I went to the Art Institute. Um, they would accept my. I had a one point six grade point average graduating high school, and Daddy they would pull some strings. <laughs> no, they, they like that was the minimum. <laughs> Grade point average that they would accept. Attaboy. And uh, Way to hit that mark. Yeah, right. And and I went to the art institute and I, and I learned a lot there. I had, I had a good time there. I, I got my associate's degree, um, and but it was expensive and that was pretty much all we could afford. Um, and I got a job out of out of there doing some graphic design, but then that you know got laid off there and then didn't really have any graphic design gigs. But I always just kept on working and working and working and and um, and I would do graphic design on the side and 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 all that and um, but kind of fast forward to now, um, you know I, I felt I I felt alone because a lot of people around me are really really smart and they've gone to college and they have like a marketing degree or you know, some higher education that's like much higher than mine. They have a deeper understanding. And I, a lot of times I'll find myself just sitting there like, wow, like one, I'm really fortunate to be in this position. Like how, like I'm so thankful that I get to sit where I am and be with these people. They're great people. And on the other hand, I'm like, I feel incredibly alone (laughs) because I feel oftentimes I feel like Am I re- Am I? Do I deserve to be here? A fraud. Yeah. Right. And you know, you guys have. You know, we've talked about that and um, and whatnot. But it, it does feel sometimes like am I am I putting on a, on a front? And I'm not. It's just like it's just taken a long time to get here, and I've had to do a lot of my own research and teaching my own things. And I just it's by God's grace that I am where I am, and He's put me where I am, and. Um, but yeah, it's it's amazing how even situations like that you, you'll be sitting with some of the most friendly people. They they think you're really smart. Like a lot of my coworkers think I'm really smart and I'm just dumbfounded because I love that you say they think I'm smart and I'm, I'm dumbfounded <laughs> um, because I've just been given this like incredible gift of of being able to be there. What do you do right now? What's your title? Where do you work? Uh, so I am the Senior um, SEO analyst at American Eagle Outfitters. So I, I, SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. I basically help us be found on the Google is is my job. Yeah. Sound, sounds like something a dumb guy would do. Dude. That's so dumb. I, he's explained it to me 20 times. <laughs> <laughs> Not the beginning of an understanding. Something with a computer. Right. Yeah. And I describe you as what? Uh, self-made man. Quintessential self-made man. Yeah. I mean, the hardest work in scrap. And look at his resume. See how he got there. My goodness. Um, that is what a self-made man looks like. With all due respect to all the other self-made, self-made man. Yeah. people. People, right. People. people. Got to be PC. Um, no, I, and I appreciate that so much. That's probably one of the best compliments anybody's ever given me. May I ask, when did either of you, I sort of said, I mean, mine was easy. I go down to the Center for Relational Care in Texas, and we learn, and it was like, bam. My eyes were opened. I turned to Rachel at lunch the very first day of our class. Rachel is. You my mentioned reference her before. Okay. Yes, that is my 
God-given life. Uh, the two shall become one, and we are a great creation, and we're so grateful for each other. She's so much fun. She is so fun. So That's fun. One of her phrases. Well, yeah. So, fun. so we go down there, and at lunch of the very first day, I said, Rachel, one of two things is perfectly clear. Either nobody up north, because we're here in Pittsburgh, knows this, mm-hmm. or they're all a bunch of jerks for not telling them. <laughs> and it turned out they just didn't know it. Yeah. And it was opened my eyes, yeah. and I got it. Yeah. And there was that something that was missing. I got mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Because we all have needs. You know, you get your physical needs, your spiritual needs, your intellectual needs, and you can meet those different ways. Yeah. But emotional needs are only met in a relationship. My question to you guys is, when did you have your sort of aha moment in that regard? Like where you went, oh, wait, there is something to this of not feeling alone and, and understanding how it works. Understanding how it works? Sure. Or just coming to an understanding of, oh, there is more. I can do this. Because you were more of a, well, I don't want to say a tough guy, but you were sort of like, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go forward. I'm going to go everything else. And and then you're the I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine but but I've always I feel like I've always been you had a softer side as a man I've always been in tune with that side of I'm I'm very empathetic like I'm an extremely empathetic person right like if I had a superpower it would be an empath and like I've for a long time felt this man like I'm kind of a freak because I can feel things that other people aren't saying you know like I can read people extremely well Mm. um but honestly, to put it into the context of meeting emotional needs, it wasn't until I met you where that started to happen, where it was like, you know, I, I was always very much a, um, I've always been a peacemaker. I've always wanted to see healing rather than hurt and, and um, you know, people coming together rather than division. You Which know, makes sense given your history. Yeah. Because you've been that division. Exactly. So, so hmm. you know, for, for a long time, I've always been somebody that, and I, I guess I've always seen it through the lens of, of Peacemaker, where I would go out of my way to, I'm sorry, are you okay? Um, am I okay? Am I at peace with myself? You know, and I think a lot of it comes from just my my relationship with God, especially early on. Um, it was very much in tune with, with, hey God, is this okay? You know, am I okay? There was a lot of that, but I, did, I wouldn't have said that's an emotional needs training or anything like that up right. until you kind of put the, put the, you know, the, the context to it or the, or the definition to it. So it's been within the past couple of years where I've really started to understand that there's a process to it, which we're going to get into for the next, you know, 2000 episodes, hopefully here. Right. Um, not tonight though. We're not doing 2000 episodes. We are tonight. not tonight. No. Um, okay. I'll put the coffee on. <laughs> So, but yeah, I didn't understand there was a process to it, but now that I do, now that I see it, and every Sunday at church, you do a, a, a segment called Learn to Love, and it's a little, you know, how do you go out and, and put this into practice, and it's been really transform, transformational for me to start applying it to the people around me, to my family, to myself, in this context of meeting an emotional need, and you know, I look at it like what I've just come to understand in the past couple of years is... There, you know, you, you hear about emotional baggage, scars, you know, emotional scars. Well, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. And how many people walk, they're just walking wounded. Again, you know, you said they might be able to heal a physical hurt. They might be able to heal, heal a family hurt. But like every day we're acquiring either little paper cuts or giant gashes to our emotional well-being. And every day people are not getting that taken care of. They're, like they're, they are just bleeding out. 
And so for me now, you know, being with your training and everything, with your with just our conversations we have. Right. Okay, let's identify this right now in the moment. Let me speak into that. And it's it's just been such a joy to be able to do that. So that would I love how you said we we take on these wounds every day. And every single day. And people don't address them. And what you don't even realize is the wounds they had as a sixth grade kid when his friends reject him affect everything that happens yeah. for the rest of the well, butterfly life. effect is insane. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, you're bringing math into this. Hey! So says the dumbfounded guy. Yeah, I was just going to say the dumbfounded <laughs> guy. But what I love, Brian, is, is getting to know you and, you know, spending time this summer on the beach and having conversations just about life and about those wounds and having it sort of the application of the teaching. And I think that has been so much, yeah, so rewarding for me yeah. to see you understand it and embrace that and give that away to other people. Yeah. It's been cool to watch like being Brian's friend and then like, you know, Brian started coming to, you know, our church and, and now like he's seeing things like brand new. It's been cool to watch that whole process. It's been really cool. And Eric, when you introduced yourself, I probably should have introduced you as like, you know, one of my two top uh, emotional needs disciples to make it sound a little bit corny and maybe even a little bit uncomfortable and weird. (laughs) But you and Amy, who happens to be your wife. And it's funny you say that, because that was... Her her example is probably the first time it really clicked with me. So, I won't go into any like great detail, but you know, Amy grew up with, with some certain situations, and she realized everything that was good was bad. And... She would. She's always waiting for the for the shoe to drop, right? So something that would be would good would happen to her. Well, there was also this is why it's bad, right? And so don't be too happy, right? And don't feel good about it. And she still, she still struggles with that to this day. However, things are much better ever since. Incredibly, yeah, yeah, just yeah, way better since we started talking and 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 with all this. Um, but yeah, that. Yeah, you know, to answer your question, that would be like the first time where I was like just that aha moment of this is a thing. And yeah, this makes sense. And this needs to be talked about and spread. Because it's going to be applied to any situation, like any hurt, any situation. There's, there's anybody. Yeah, anybody. Any and every. Yeah. Yes. Not just right. any. Right. Every. You can apply it to. Yeah. And what I think is neat is you learned it in a marriage uh, class, for lack of a better term. Sure. You know, it was in a small group, it was two of us, you know, taking care of it that way. And Brian, you learned it in church, you know, and then both of us, or both of us, both of you and and we applied it and have grown together as friends. Yeah. And we have seen it and worked it and realized, wow, we can really help everybody else not feel alone. And what I love about what we're doing here is we're inviting more people into the room. Yeah, because like I've never had, and you know, we might talk about this later. And I had I had great friends growing up. You know, I talked. You know, earlier I talked about how like I was trying to appease people. I had great friends. You know, there's nothing wrong with them. Um, you know, we, we grew apart at one point, but it's it's now that like I feel like this is what true friendship is. You know, like there's no like on like things are on the surface like we talk about real stuff and like i want that for everybody you know Mm -hmm. so i like and that like again that's like whole part of this podcast is to bring people in so that they can hear us talk about it so they can start talking about it with with their friends and whatnot and at some point hopefully you know that'll be one of our segments is you know i I figuratively am excited to have everybody in the room 
Yeah. You know, they're going to share in our yeah. lives. We're going to share in their lives to some degree, whether it be through emails or comments and that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. But I also look forward to literally bringing somebody into the room. Yeah. And getting to talk to them and see how their uh, how their walk has been and where they have felt alone and how that ties into their childhood as well. So yeah. that'll be fun, I think. So what you're saying we're going to have guests. I think we might have guests. Yeah. I think at some point. Not tonight. Not tonight. No. And there will be different processes on how to contact us and, and, and be a guest. Right. Yeah. I would think that would be good. We'll probably tell them how to do that in the future. Probably. So it's not just in one podcast. Right. That's right. right. But for now, we're, we're going to kind of outlay the foundation of we're going to build this out for a little bit amongst ourselves. That's our cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah, that is. When is the you first? Have to, you have to, yeah, who knows what episode it's going to be? When is that first podcast where we're going to have a guest? Uh, that's great. Um, so we have this like running inside joke. I love inside jokes. Right? right. I hope to be a part of one I'd someday. I'd love to be a part of one someday. Hashtag Michael Scott. Michael Scott. Um, and if you haven't watched The Office, you, you just need them. It's You're the, missing out. Oh my gosh, it's great show ever. Um, so Rachel, and this, wife, the, this is so funny because this is funny. Brian and I brought this up of Rachel always says do better. And Jay was like, I have no idea what you're talking Never about. Never heard before. In my she life. says it all the time. She maybe even says it to me. Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know what she told me? She feels alone every time she says it and I don't listen to it. Oh, interesting. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> There'll be maybe somebody in the news that's really messed things up or somebody that we know personally and they've done just the worst and she just says, do better, do better, people. Come on. Like just in that tone, do better. And she usually points. Oh, she points. She's a pointer. Um, so we're going to have this segment called Do Better and uh, there's probably going to be some serious times, but there's also going to be some some lighter times of talking about how people can do better and like how, how ridiculous... Something, and that's the funny thing. So, like, you hear about like crazy stories. Like, there was a woman that was just attacked by somebody throwing SpaghettiO cans at her in Pittsburgh. I hate it when that happens. Right? Do better. Like, what do you like? How did you get to that point where you're throwing <laughs> SpaghettiO cans? Like, do Let's better. Let's break that down to cans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Through one, nay, nay. Not enough. Yeah, right. I gotta go two. Man, three. They are hurt. I'd love to talk to him. Spaghetti. But Jay, you have you have a do better for this week. Well, and I think we will go over things. I like the spaghettios one, first of all. Um, but we will That's also, really what you had for lunch today, huh? <laughs> I have been a while. It's been a while since I've chucked down some spaghettios. But you know, we'll also have, like you said, some from personal mm-hmm. circumstances. Yeah. Yep. You know. So we will blow up some people's spots at some yeah. point in time. And that's that'll cause them to have to listen. So that's a good thing. Right. You can't get mad if they don't listen. But speaking of blowing up, um, it, ha- it was in the news yesterday, and the title is Texas Woman Celebrates. Now, see? That's nice. We want to good. rejoice with those who rejoice. Yeah. Yes. Right. And so she celebrates her divorce. Oh, uh, sweet. And, uh, you know, now I'm almost getting glib. But, womp, uh, womp. Womp, womp. But she did it by blowing up her. <laughs> no, not, not her husband. Um, uh, finalized that divorce right (laughs) Right. Uh, insurance by blowing up her wedding dress wow yeah Uh, it was a Texas woman and uh, she celebrated her divorce being finalized by blowing up her wedding dress according to the Star Telegram uh, this woman commemorated the end of her 14 year marriage by filling her wedding dress 
with $200 worth of explosives, <laughs> then shooting it with a rifle. There you go. <laughs> on, her far, on her father's farm. Did she do this alone, boys? No. Doesn't sound like she no did. way. No, you got to have an audience for that. No, she had yeah. 40 of her closest family and friends. And I'm, I'm, I should have done some more due diligence because I pray to God she did not have children. Because I don't know that this sets up a really good precedence for healthy relationships. Yeah, that's going to no. affect a lot of things down the line there. That's going to be in their letter. Ooh, we, we should talk about the letter at some point. Not today. Not today. The, yeah. But she says, and I quote, I wanted to remove all things from our marriage, from our house. Photos in the attic, attic, ring in the safe, and the dress I wanted to burn. She blew it up. The explosion ended up being so vast that it was felt and heard in their county up to 15 miles Wow. Now, here's what you I said. You said 200 pounds of explosives, not $200 worth of explosives. No, $200 worth $200 worth of explosives. Okay. But maybe... That's a big explosion. I would think. 15 yeah. miles away. Shot with a rifle. Here's <laughs> what I want to say to her. I want to say do better. Do better. Do better. I want to say do better. And then I want to say all. Oh. Oh. She makes me sad. Right. Because And here's the thing. When you learn about emotional needs and hurts... And, and how it impacts us. You know, it's funny. Amy and I watch the news. And, and we'll, oh, we'll watch, like, the SpaghettiO thrower. And we see this woman blowing up her wedding dress. And you just get to that point where you're just like, man, what happened in your yeah. life that you're at this point? And yeah. you have more sympathy for people. And you have more, you, you want to seek understanding. You always talk about seeking understanding, which I think, in the, you know, in, the, in, in today's day and age, nobody's seeking understanding and it's it's that again you just you you find, like you just feel m- more bad for people and and instead of well, like, instead yeah. of like angry or getting angry at somebody like you just start to feel like really sad yeah you, you know? don't see you don't see them as like this flat object or some kind of commodity it's a person right. that has been brought to a place because of this hurt, because of these experiences that have never been right. addressed, that God loves, it ju- it gives you much more of a of an appreciation for who they are, even if they are not doing better. They it helps you to understand them that they are a person. Yeah, and there's a lot behind that story. Yeah, which helps to make you healthier. Yeah, because it helps you reflect on your own self. Bob Goff, he's he's an author, Jay. I know you're not a big that would be like reader for books. Yeah, right. Books. He's actually, he's probably one of my favorite authors, and a lot of the stuff that he teaches matches up with emotional needs. and And he he tweeted out the other day. Wasn't he in Soundgarden? Oh God, <laughs> I don't know. Groff. Maybe I don't know. Um, Who just died? It was a great funeral. Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell. Yeah, Chris Cornell. Whatever. Yeah, Bob Goff. Chris Cornell. Yeah, so close. Isn't Groff? But he said, you know, love difficult people. You're one of them. You know, and I, it's one of those things where we're all hurt and we're all difficult in some kind of way yeah. and seeking that understanding and realizing that, you know, we all break the same. We're all, you know, we're all the same in, in this and seeking understanding is just, it'll bring you to a different place in appreciation for people. Yeah. I see something bad and I see something good. And that is, she says, and I quote, I wanted to remove all things from our marriage. And here's what's bad. She didn't. Right. She didn't. Right. She removed physical what, things. What a great outward expression of an inner need. Yeah. Mm, that, yeah. oh, I'm sure now the next guy she marries and yeah. gets involved oh. in a relationship with, God that's going to be a clean slate. Yeah. God God she's good. She's healed. It's all good. Right. Yeah. And again, I don't 
you sure I judge, but I'm also sad. For yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sad. But here's what's good: over forty family and friends. She will never ever tell that story of the day I blew up my wedding dress without remembering everybody cheering with her and allowing her to not feel alone at least in that moment. Yeah. So true. I celebrate. As awful as it is. As yeah. awful as it is. She has people. She's got people. Yeah. She had forty people who sat there with her that day. But I think the man, you really can find the silver lining in a lot of things. Thank you. There's times where I'm just like, nah, and then you'll <laughs> pull one out, and I'm like, ah, dang it. But also, it said the reverberations were felt for 15 miles away, and broken relationships impact people more than 15 miles away, um, and that's what breaks my heart because that doesn't just affect this lady; and it right. doesn't just affect us. Yeah. You know, we don't. What are the all the you know the Analogies. You don't live in a bubble mm-hmm. of stone right. drops in a river. No man's an island. No man's an island. You guys know more quotes than I do. That's all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. No, There's a million of them. Came up with two. No man's rhubarb. I don't know. There's a lot. I don't just start naming things that. So therefore, it breaks my heart. Do better. Do better. Do better. Do better, people. You know how they can do better. You can subscribe to our podcast. How do you do that? I have so no idea. if you're listening to the show, you might already be subscribing, which is Ooh, fantastic. That's way great. to go. Nailed it. Um, but if you're listening on the website, you can also subscribe one via Google Play and hopefully soon iTunes as Ooh. soon as we get approved. But you can also listen on Spotify. I know a lot of people use Spotify. Um, and there will be other ways as we get um, approval on, on different platforms, which... Um, which I'm looking forward to. And then we're also going to have different ways that you guys can support the show. Um, we have some ideas for value for value or sponsorships. And what whatnot. is value for value? What does that mean? Value for value is, I, I, I feel like it's one of the greatest models ever. It's it's put, making it open to the the listener or the user of the product, whatever whatever it is, that you you take that product or you listen to that show and you equate it with something, whether it's, a cup of coffee or a Mercedes Benz. Like if you get a Mercedes Benz value out of what you've heard, and you might have, and you might have, I doubt you got it today. Do better, um, <laughs> but but, um, but if you have, you can give whatever you want. So if you you know, oh, that's a cup of coffee. You know, here you know, Starbucks coffee, three bucks. You know, yeah, that's that's cool. I'll throw I'll throw you guys three bucks or ten bucks or you know you know subscription. We're gonna figure all that out. Um, and let you guys decide what you what you want to donate, and uh, and we'll set that up and let you guys know how how you can do that um, in the near future. So, do we have a website? We do. It's lunchtimeinrome.com. And if you found, if you're listening to this, you probably found it. Wow. But I should say we are going to have ongoing resources and and different um, publications and whatnot surrounding the I show and whatnot and whatnot. Oh, it's the it's the secret sauce. It is. Yes. Um, but different different it's publication. And, <laughs> um, We're gonna throw cans of whatnot at you. <laughs> been there. Um, but yeah, we're, well, we're gonna be writing and and posting all kinds of different things that's gonna surround subjects of the podcast and and other things. So lots of stand, lots of stuff to come. So very very exciting. Um, but thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Yes. Yep. Bye. Bye.